Big game, though. L.A. trying to find some momentum. Haven't talked to the mayor in a few weeks. How you doing, Johnny? I'm doing outstanding, Boom. Always good to talk to you. Well, we'll, we'll get to the team in a second. I wanted to start with this. Uh, Elliot Friedman in his 32 Thoughts blog today mentioned that he believes there's negotiations going on to lock up Trevor Moore. Um, if this is true, uh, that's, this makes me really happy. We were just talking about this the other day. I, I root for the underdog. Most of us do. This guy's been promised nothing in his career. He's had to work for everything, and he had a breakout season last year. He's proving this year it wasn't a fluke. Uh, is it? Is it your belief he's going to be a king long term? Yeah, I think you probably can look at a four by four deal similar to what Alex Iafalo signed uh, with the Kings. You know, when all is said and done, uh, he's he's been an outstanding ad. You know, uh, he's been referred to, or at least he was at the time, as kind of a throw in into that original deal uh, with the Maple Leafs, and he's been anything but a throw in. Uh, a lot like Iafalo, nothing was really expected of him when when he arrived in Los Angeles and he's managed to carve out a, you know, a nice career for himself. So uh, he certainly adds uh, the right element in, in terms of uh, puck possession, puck retreat, uh, retrieval, et cetera, to align with Phil Deneau and, and Victor Arvidsson and was arguably one of the Kings better players in the second half of last season. That line was phenomenal. Uh, and, and they start to uh, get going again here of late as well. So yeah, I would expect Trevor Moore to uh, have a contract extension here uh, after the first of the year and, and be in Los Angeles for a number of years going forward. Good for him. I mean, he's on pace for a 53-point season right now, and when you consider what he's making, that's tremendous value for the Kings, so I hope he gets paid. Uh, the reason I wanted to get you on, obviously we haven't talked about it yet, is is the goaltending situation and, and, and Cal Peterson. You know, we can, we can get into Ontario and everything that entails, but how do you think we got here? Because, you know, people want to come out and punch down on the contract and blame Blake, but I remember being a Peterson fan. Kevin Woodley came on the show, thought he was one of the bright young goaltending talents, and now over the course of a year and a half, it got away from him. What do you, what do you believe happened, John? Well, uh, I, I think when it comes to goaltenders, none of us know, Boom. Um, I've heard yeah. you on the radio many times talk about the fact that you know they're just an anomaly, and, and it's not about... Uh, if you're not a goaltender, it, it's very difficult to figure them out, so... I don't uh, proclaim to have the answers, but what I will tell you is, is much of what you just said right there uh, has been backed up by numerous people that I have a lot of trust and faith in in the goaltending scouting community um, who talk about the fact that when Cal Peterson joined the Kings, there was no doubt about it that he was the heir apparent. He was the, he was the number one prospect in their prospect pool at one point in time just a few years ago, and uh, he did phenomenal things down in the American Hockey League. And, and yes, people can say that the AHL is different than, than the NHL, um, but you had a, you know, a senior coach, a veteran coach, and Mike Stuthers, who's seen a lot of goaltenders uh, in, in his coaching career, and, and he was a big believer and still is, I'd, I'd say, uh, in Cal Peterson. It, and for whatever reason, it's been a challenge for him to wrestle the reins away from Jonathan Quick. And I think a lot of the credit really goes to uh, Jonathan Quick. He, he's, a, he's a fiery, competitive guy. The, the, the demise of him was, was greatly exaggerated, as we've talked about in the past. And uh, regardless of, of who was coming up behind him, he wasn't going to very easily allow somebody to come in and, and take over those starts. And uh, you just look to last season, uh, Quickie at his, you know, quote-unquote advanced age from a hockey perspective and, and closer to the end of his career than, than the peak or the beginning of his career, uh, he was determined to be the number one goaltender. And the 50-50 split quickly became or eventually became uh, Jonathan Quick's crease. 
So whether it's the contract and the burden of the contract, uh, uh, you know, whatever the mental aspect of it is, I don't know. What I can tell you is this. Uh, Cal Peterson has a great attitude. He's saying all the right things. Uh, had an opportunity to speak to him in his uh, first game back in Ontario. Uh, he's played well in the three starts that he's made there so far. And, you know, uh, th- this is – it'll be the road to redemption. Uh, it'll be the road back. GM Rob Blake has been very clear that they still think that Cal Peterson is part of their future and that they're looking forward to, to him getting his game back on track. So they're using the American League as it is intended to do for the NHL, which is as a developmental system. You wouldn't expect a 28-year-old goaltender to need some development like you would a 21-year-old forward, but that's the case that the Kings are faced with right now, and uh, that's the, what they're trying to work through with Cal Peterson, who has a number of years left on his deal. Maybe it's just hard, John. You know, I've heard people say this for years. And they're probably right that there's a difference between being a backup and a starter. The psychology is different. Some guys are just wired to be backups, and then being a starter is hard. Maybe trying to make that transition it created a lot of pressure on him. But how, how do you explain the Phoenix Copley story to the listeners? Because I was watching the game last night. I believe it was Gord Miller calling the game who said that, you know, this guy hasn't won a game in the NHL since 2019. He gets thrown into the fire in a game the Kings need. And he played well. The, the Kings helped him, scored a lot and scored early, but he got the job done. Yeah, he did. And I, I think what you really have to go back to is that, and, and you hear guys talk about this who go through long gaps in their career where they don't get an opportunity. And sometimes that's just what you need. You believe in your game. Uh, certain teammates might believe in you. Certain coaches might believe in you. Uh, but you still need that opportunity. You need that opportunity to play. And he was getting that opportunity several years ago. Uh, in the Washington Capitals organization. And, and then since then, he's found it very difficult to get a sniff. And whether that was due to, you know, a, a roster squeeze, a goaltending squeeze from the Capitals' perspective, uh, and then just finding it difficult during the, the pandemic years when, when teams, you know, were a little apprehensive about what they added to their, to their mix, uh, you, you just can't get a sniff. And when you can't get a sniff and you can't get that opportunity, you know, you can either pack it in uh, due to frustration or you can continue to grind away. And so all the credit in the world to Copley for doing just that. Uh, he was an afterthought when the Kings signed him uh, this, this past summer. Um, they're always looking for a veteran goaltender to be paired up with a young goaltender or a prospect uh, down in the American League. And you have Matt Volalta down there who – doesn't look to be ready yet for NHL duty, and so they wanted to pair him with a veteran guy, but you still would have expected coming into the year that uh, the prospect was going to get you know, 70-30 uh, from a percentage standpoint on the starts, but that hasn't been the case. Copley's been the guy down in Ontario, and uh, he's largely responsible for where they sit in the Pacific Division standings uh, and was you know, playing admirably. And so uh, to have him come up, you, know, you had to figure that he was hungry, to get that opportunity that I mentioned a moment ago, and he certainly rose to the occasion. He had, you know, a couple of games uh, started previously in his career a long time ago uh, against Ottawa and had some success and uh, stood up and had some success. But I would say this to Coach Todd McClellan, um, that, that was a, a pretty interesting move to put Copley in there against the Senators because when you looked at this six-game road trip, you kind of could point to the Montreal game and go, okay, that's the back-to-back. That's when Copley's going to get the start and uh, that Quickie would get the starts in every other game. And, it, it, McClellan went a different direction, and it worked out for him. Johnny, I wanted to ask you, um, we were talking about Robert Bortuzzo on the show yesterday, or I was. He injured Adam Pellica, the Islanders. It made me angry. Bortuzzo's got a long history. Uh, he's got scalps on his wall. He's injured a lot of players and done it on purpose. One of the players that he injured, and it's an ugly, ugly visual, was uh, 
Victor Arvidsson of the Nashville Predators. And when the trade happened with the Kings, I had more Preds fans reach out to me and trying to explain the deal to me, and they all were in concert saying they never thought Arvidsson was the same after being injured by Bortuzzo and questioned whether he could ever be the the Arvidsson from like 2018 playing on the Jofa line. And I didn't know what it was going to be like for him in L.A., and there were hits and misses last year. But over the past six weeks, he's been one of the hotter players in the NHL. What do you think's got Arvey going? Well, health, first of all. Uh, I think you have to go back to the end of last season, and he had some, some surgery that uh, you, you always wonder, what is a player like when, when he's coming back from that type of a surgery? And uh, it was a little bit slow to get going through training camp. And that first season after major surgery, uh, former GM Dean Lombardi always talked about that as being a throwaway season and to not make too much of it because it, it can take guys after a major surgery whether that's, uh, you know, even a, a knee injury, ACL, reconstructive, whatever it is, but it can take a significant amount of time. Uh, but to Arby's credit, you know, he, he's been battling uh, a little, little late to get going during camp, but uh, he, he does look to be back up and running and at full speed again. And I think a lot of it comes back to the line that he plays on. And so while there have been changes within the lineup, we've seen Kempe up, we've seen Kempe down, Velarde up, Velarde down, whatever, McClellan has – kept that second line, the, the Phil Deneau line, the Victor Arvidsson, Phil Deneau, Trevor Moore line, consistent now for the better part of two, two seasons. And uh, I think that that is another thing that helps players come back when they're coming back from an injury is being in that familiar environment rather than saying, hey, you're going to be a slow starter, we're going to move you down the line, and as you get healthier, we'll work your way back up. Being in those familiar surroundings, the chemistry that he has with Phil Deneau, the chemistry that he has with Trevor Moore certainly uh, uh, plays into – you know, to him getting back up to speed maybe quicker than he might have in another situation. But all the credit in the world really uh, goes to Victor Arvidsson for battling back from such a significant surgery and getting himself back up to his previous standards. Last one for you, Johnny. Uh, light a few candles. Drew, 33 today. Hope you got him a card. Um, the, the, the portrayal of Drew Doughty is a guy who has an endless gas tank and a, and a fire to compete and to play the game. He is, you know, 10 years ago, 33 would have been a really scary number. I don't think it is anymore. He's got four years left in this contract. Do you view him as a guy who will probably, like, does he want to be Chelios? Does he still want to be playing when he's 41, 42? How do you see this playing out? I can't possibly imagine there being a day when Drew Doughty doesn't want to play hockey. So uh, I, I think that he would, in his mind, he plans on leaving any records that Chelios left behind in the dust. Uh, Drew is a guy's guy. He's one of the boys. He loves being in the room. Obviously, he loves his family and his kids and just had another one recently, so congratulations to Drew and his, and his beautiful wife. But the larger point when it comes to hockey is that's where Drew has the most fun. That's where Drew is Drew. And, uh, yeah, beyond his contract, as long as he possibly can lace the skates up and as long as people will, will uh, be willing to pay him. Hell, Dowdy might be one of those guys that's willing to pay for free or to uh, play for free. He just enjoys the camaraderie. He enjoys the competitiveness. He has a fire in him that burns like very few people um, that play the game. And so, and, and he's one of those guys that when you, when you criticize his game and talk about things that you may not like in his game, he's going to put in the time, energy. First of all, he's going to tell you that you're wrong. <laughs> Whether you can back it up with stats or not, he's going to tell you that you're wrong. Because in his mind, he still is one of the top three defensemen in the National Hockey League. And he's determined to go out and prove that. And so uh, I, I can't even imagine what was going through his mind 
during the playoffs last year when the Kings finally returned back to the postseason, and then he's unable to play. And, uh, you know, we've reported some of the funny stuff that, you know, he went into GM Rob Blake's office and told him that he was coming back in the second round if they made it that far. And, you know, he was taken off the cast and all that stuff. And that's just Drew. He can't, I'm, I'm surprised he didn't try to, you know, do a run-in from the stands and, and, and suit up and try to get out there for warm-ups. That's just the type of player that Drew Doughty is. So if the Kings can uh, continue to hold their playoff spot, make the postseason, and health stays on uh, Drew Doughty's side, you probably won't find a bigger smile in the NHL than come game one of the postseason next year because uh, Drew's been talking about it, dreaming about it, and waiting to get back to the playoffs for a long, long time now. So it'll be uh, a bit of vindication for him, if you will. All right. Hope he has a great day. I'm sure he wants to celebrate it with a win. Johnny, thanks for the time, as always. Appreciate it. You got it, Boom. You're the man. We'll talk to you soon.